and welcome to the So Wizards podcast. I'm Kevin Broom along with my co-host, Ron Oaks Cunningham. And uh, Ron, hello and welcome. Thanks, man. Uh, it's good to be back. I think, uh, what, what did I predict last week? We will go three and one. If yeah, you, you said uh, Wizards three and one, and I was not nearly so optimistic. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was right. That was one and oh. One and oh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the fearless predictions part, uh, you, yours came true. Uh, mine did not. Oh. NBA Finals next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, maybe. No, nah, that's a little too they, close to the sun. They have a better than zero chance this year. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, last week was 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 a good week for the Wizards. You know, obviously last night was rough. Uh, we're recording this, by the way, folks, on Tuesday night, and you'll hear this on Wednesday, um, most likely. Um, so what we're talking about is the November 1st loss to the Atlanta Hawks, the 118-111, where the Wizards' defense went, uh, as I wrote, went AWOL. And, uh, but before that, they lost to Brooklyn. No shock there. Brooklyn's good. And then they beat Boston, uh, Atlanta, and Boston in order and before losing to Atlanta last night. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Ron, what do you make of the, of the week? A uh, great week. You know, um, we got into the national spotlight. I saw, like, Big Perk tweet, the Wizards are deep. So I was getting some love from some other, uh, I don't know if you call them analysts or personalities these days, but... The NBA, the NBA world is taking notice of us, so it was like pretty cool. Need a little bit of a Homer pride, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Zach Lowe and Jeff Van Gundy devoted a solid, probably seven eight minutes of of Lowe's podcast to talk about the Wizards and what they were doing, and that was um, interesting. Although I will say, Van Gundy, well, he likes very much what the Wizards are doing, and, and thought they really won the the Westbrook trade by. Uh, getting three, as uh, Van Gundy said, they got, got a whole team in exchange for yeah. Westbrook. Yeah. Westbrook. But, um, yeah, he was saying that um, the Wizards, if they want to do more than, like, get to 500 and maybe a little above, they still need to get, like, a great player to go with uh, to go with Beal. And so, but that's the, that's the thing, you know. And there's something Van Gundy said that I really agreed with was this idea that it's not – Championship or bust should not be the goal for every team. You know, that, that what teams should be able to do is to try to be a good team and put yourself in position to continue being good as long as, as, as often as you can. And then every now and then you're going to get, maybe you get lucky, maybe an opportunity comes up where you can make a move and get to championship level rather than being in that like championship or bust thing where it's like, well, if we're not going to win a championship, we need to win 10 games. And get you know get lottery try to get a high pick and, and to build yeah. for a championship at some point in the future. Nah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, championship or bust, you know that shouldn't be the standard. But I, I don't think like you know as a fan, I'm coming at this from a fan perspective, so I'm a bit selfish. Like I want to see entertaining basketball. Yeah. I want to see competitive basketball, even if I deep like I know deep down. We have no chance of winning the Larry OB. Entertain me. Because, you know, that that's what we forget. It's entertainment. It should be fun. It's a game. Yeah. And when yeah. you make a championship robust, uh, 
I think, uh, like, today I saw a clip about Steve Kerr talking about how um, the final year of the Warriors dynasty, uh, it was so stressful because of the yeah. expectations, like Kevin leaving, uh, other players may leave. Um, that stress of an expectation, so the championship expectation, um, it's stress. It's stressful. And then the era of, like, mental health, or so people claim, um, I, I don't think that should be it. And so selfishly, yeah, make it just about the fans. Now, um, second quick thing, when he says we're a player away, I feel like we all feel that way. The thing is, we just don't know who that player is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think they're a couple players away. And I think those two players are a small forward and a powerful forward. Wow. And um, I don't know who who that would be. You know specifically, but I think if they if they got high quality four and a, a high quality four or a high quality three, plus just another like upgraded four or three, whichever one they don't get the high quality guy at, then I think that they would I'd feel a lot more comfortable about them as a potential uh, contender. But and when I say contender, I mean for a team that could compete realistically for a championship. Jalen Brown and Bull Bull. Jalen Brown and who? Bowl, bowl, is that his name? The guy out in, uh, out in Denver. They'll get it yeah. done. Yeah, well, he done. was the guy that um, so many uh, of us, especially us like draft goobers who do stats on draft stuff, I, I, when that Wizards second round pick came around, I really thought the pick was going to be bowl, bowl, and I believe they took Admiral Schofield instead, which was um, not a good pick. Yeah, well, he's rotting on the bench in Denver. You know, we have a coach from Denver, you know, who has links <laughs> yeah, to yeah. whose father has links to the Wizards. You know, there's something there. Just saying. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you think about it because Tommy Shepard has links. He got his career in the NBA started with Denver. He was a PR guy for the Nuggets. And then I, I'm not quite sure how, but he ended up uh, moving over into the, the basketball operations side. And he's just worked his way up. But, yeah, he got started in Denver. He was actually part of the group of the, the management group that picked Nic- Nicolos Skittishvili. I don't know if you remember him. But, yeah. No clue. I think most people who saw him play would rather forget that they oh, ever yeah. knew of him. Yeah, don't really like bums, man. Not a yeah. fan of bums. Was yeah, he better he, than Popeye Jones? He, no. Um, okay. Skittishvili may have been – I mean, he's pretty close to the worst player in like league history. He, oh, wow. um, he was really bad, but I, you know, that's almost not even fair to him because he got drafted. They force fed him minutes and he was a kid. He was like, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And, you know, the grown men of the NBA just beat the crap out of him and he lost confidence and, and just never became a good player. But he, he had some skills. He had the good size and good mobility, that kind of stuff. But he just, um, like I said, they just, they just beat him up. If the NBA, because you know it's a it's a merciless, rough, tough league. So yeah, they were bullies back then. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But I don't know how we end up talking about <laughs> skittish no Beely on a on a Wizards podcast, but no uh, that's that's what we do. So okay, we kicked around last week a little bit, so let's move on because while the week was encouraging and certainly the five and one start was a was a great thing. Um, I did come to the end of that week and write about um, things to be worried about if you're a Wizards fan. Um, 
you know, these are based on stats I track, things that I look at, really trying to evaluate the process of how they're how they're doing, you know, because the concern is that if you're, you know, you can win games while not necessarily playing well by just yeah. getting lucky, you know. So that that's basically what I was trying to trying to look at in, with that piece is is the Wizards' success sustainable because they're doing things the right way, or is this the kind of thing where they're going to have to, um, you know, adjust, improve, do better in terms of what they've been what they've been doing? And so I took a look at a few things, and um, basically. So, okay, before I get into what worries me or what the, you know, the worry points, the, the data shows that the way to have a good defense in the NBA is lowering the opponent field goal percentage. And for a long time, the thing that lowers field goal percentage, every coach tells, tells this to every player is what? You put a hand in the shooter's face, right? Yeah. So the Wizards so far this season are 26th in contested shots. And they're thirtieth in contested threes. And the other thing that everybody coaches is, of course, what you pressure, you deflect the ball, you get steals, right? You want to try to force turnovers. And the Wizards are twenty-first in deflections. And so, those things taken together would sort of suggest that the excellent three-point, you know, the, the very low opponent three-point shooting percentage may just be a function of luck and not something that the Wizards' defense is particularly doing. And that could be something that comes back to bite them over the course of the full season. And so um, I think you had some thoughts on this. Yeah. Like, so um, I was present at the Atlanta game and the Boston game. And I I think Boston didn't make a a three pointer, if I'm not mistaken. I think Um, they shot, it was something like two for 28. Okay. Okay. Two for 28. Like they, they were horrible from, from beyond the arc. Right. But the shots they were getting were wide open. Like every time Jalen Brown like raised up to like let it fly, the I don't know out of the fifteen thousand, maybe ten thousand Boston Celtics fans were like <laughs> hands up and expectation of it swishing through the net. Like even like you know like us who were supporting the home team, we thought the shot was going to go through the net because you know like as the thinking goes, a wide open player will knock it down. They yeah. just miss, but then you you look at uh, last night's loss, right? Like you can you can pin it on the free throws if you want. Uh, I'm gonna like more look at it. If we would have just made, I don't know, four more threes, you know, four four additional threes because we had a lot of wide open ones, um, it would have worked. But yet, how many wide open threes did we give up that uh, Danilo Gallinari buried? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. so. It, it seemed like I think me I, I I'm not certain but on back to back plays Trey gets in the paint whip it out boom Gallinari from yeah. the corner pocket bang yeah. and yeah. um we do that often so so seeing it versus the ball at the Boston game live and then watching it last night with uh, Justin Kutchner and him calling it it was like well what if this is something that we just do and if yeah. we continue to do it like we're going to run into a team who. Even if they're below league average, you know they're they're shooting wide open shots where they practice daily. We're gonna yeah. get cooked. Yeah, yeah. So um, one, it certainly it could be a function, at least in part of of design. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks have been a very good defense for the past several seasons, while giving up a ton of open threes. 
Um, well, not necessarily all open, but at least giving up lots and lots of threes um, because they their first priority is protecting the paint and keeping mm-hmm. the other team away from the rim. And there's a, a few good reasons of doing for doing that, for building a defense that way. First is, of course, that um, at-rim attempts are the highest, you know, the highest field goal percentage. So if you can get a layup, that's what you lay up or dunk. I mean, obviously that's what you want, right? Yep. Um, the other reason is that most fouls happen within like five feet of the basket. So, you know, if you if you can wall off the paint such that it's very difficult for opponents to even get into the paint to drive, then you're not going to foul as much. And you're also going to force, you know, the, the higher variability three-point shots. So some nights it'll look bad because, you know, an opponent yeah. shoots 50% from three on you and you lose, right? But yeah. most nights... If you can wall off that paint and keep them away from the rim, then even if they just shoot an average percentage, you're 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 going to be okay. Uh, especially if you've got like a freak like Giannis on the uh, on on the other end of the floor, and actually on both ends of the floor to to do to do all kinds of things. Okay, so like with you saying all that, do you think uh, us letting you know opposing players shoot wide open threes is a feature and not a fault of the system of the design of the system? Okay, so it could be. um, All right, here's why. So when you asked that, I went and looked. Last season, Denver, with uh, Wes Unsell Jr. as their defensive coordinator, they were last, 30th out of 30, in contested field goal attempts, which sounds very similar. The Wizards here are this season are 26. Last season, the Wizards actually were like, you know, little like middle of the pack in contesting shots. They contested a lot more shots per game last season than they have so far this season. Now, and Denver was, I think they were like 11th, something like that overall defensively last season. You know, they were, they were decent defensively and they were like a legit, you know, title contender down to basically until they were 12th last season. And, but they were a legit title contender until uh, Murray yeah. um, blew his knee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then even after that, they were kind of scary in the playoffs um, until basically everyone got hurt except Jokic. Um, so, like I said, Denver dead last in contested field goal attempts last season and 12th in defense. Um, they were sixth in defensive at-rim field goal attempts, meaning that they had allowed of, – of the opponent field goal attempts, their opponents had attempted the sixth fewest at the, um, at the rim. And they gave up the fifth most three-point attempts. So very much the, the the Milwaukee kind of inside-out design where you wall off the middle and um, and and dare the other team to to make make threes. So this season so far, the Wizards, I think I've mentioned this, twenty six in contested field goal attempts. One thing point of difference was that Denver, even though they were last in contested field goal attempts overall. They were 15th, so right in the middle in contesting three-point attempts. The Wizards are dead last in contesting threes so far this season. They're giving up basically if you more than half of their three-point attempts that are open or wide open. Um, so that's that's not good. And the other thing is, is that Denver actually did a good job of doing some things to, to be disruptive. They were seventh in deflections. The Wizards are 21st so far. So th- there are some warning signs about, to me anyway, what the Wizards are doing defensively. Um, just like last season, 
you know, when I looked at the Wizards numbers last year, I kept seeing things in the numbers that made me think that their process was good and that they were getting unlucky. And then their defense improved in the latter part of the season with those numbers. You know, the the unlucky percentages, you know, abnormally high percentages from three point range um, coming down back back to earth. And that's when the team started getting better defensively. And um, this season, I'm seeing a little bit of the opposite. They're still keeping teams away from the rim, but they're getting extremely lucky from three-point range, especially for a team that's giving up so many open looks. Yeah, so the luck will run out, basically. Yeah, over an 82-game season, the that's the concern, is that at some point, the, they, they, like you say, the luck runs out, and then you know guys start knocking down instead of hitting 32% on open looks, they start hitting 42% and then you're cooked. Okay. Yeah. Unless, you know, well, it's interesting, like the parallels you make between Denver and what the system, uh, you know, Wes Unslow Jr. ran last year um, and with what we're doing here in Washington. And I want to know, like, I'm interested to know, it, well, obviously, like I'm pretty sure Denver was a better three point shooter team, shooting team last year than what we are currently. But I want to know, like I'm guess curious, like in a hypothetical sense of way, whether you know us leaving a, a wide open shooters from three, whether it won't be detrimental if we we just you know make three or four more threes per game. You know, like Brad Brad Bill, some people believe his three pointer is forever gone. Like, what if he just regress? You know, what if he gets to thirty eight percent, thirty six percent? Get KCP making, you know, knocking down three or four a game, having Kuzma, you know, Denny. He shows some promise on like a very good looking corner ball against Atlanta. If he can start knocking that down, then will it not matter as much? You know? Yeah. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Is I mean. The numbers are going to change, right? All the numbers yeah. will change. And so if the Wizards start shooting better, like if Beal starts knocking down threes like crazy, if he, he goes on a stretch where he hits like, you know, 45% over over a couple of weeks, which is not unreasonable to think that he will. He's done that kind of thing in the past. Um, and he's had slow starts and really bounced back and done well. So that's certainly something, you know, is that the offense could come up. The concern, of course, would be that if, as the offense improves, if your defense is getting a little worse, you're you're not really gaining any ground. Okay. So, um, ideally, you you fix the Wizards would fix the things, some of these things that we're seeing defensively, so that their process is something that that can replicate. You know, where they you can replicate, you can remain good defensively. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll need you to. Uh to break down the video and see why we keep giving up wide open threes. Like, That's if, like the next thing is to, to do the film study. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is, what, who's the culprit? I bet it's bird. I bet it's Davis. <laughs> I'll go to the William Hill sports book. I'll, I'll brave that thicket and like, you know, get through all of that stuff just to put like a hundred down. That is Davis. That's how much like, <laughs> I believe it's him. Well, uh, we we may get a chance to test that theory because I think Davis might he sprained an ankle. Uh, yeah, he tried to tunk. I uh, respect that though. Like I respect that though. Like you know, he tried to bang on that guy. Um, yeah, Gorgie, I think it was Jane. Gorgie yeah, Jane. Yeah. Dang, yeah. yeah, he tried to bang on him. So I respect that. But now that he's out, cool. We get to give Kispert some minutes. We get to see what he can do. 
Because from yeah. um, everything I was told by the March Madness people this past uh, tournament was that he's a good defender. He's uh, the pejorative, sneaky athletic. You know, like they always use that to describe <laughs> like white athletes, right? Like, oh, yes. sneaky athletic. But, you know, I, I seen him bang in the national championship game. So, you know, he's athletic enough for me. I, I want to see what he can do because theoretically, um, if he can space the floor, knock down some threes, and play defense, we don't need Davis. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Davis is somebody, uh, I think I've mentioned this before. But I would have traded him a couple of years ago. I'd still be in favor of that, even though he does have, you know, I've talked about this before, but he's got the, he has one true NBA skill, and that is an A++ skill, and that's the, he's shooting. He's, he's a great shooter, but if you can replace the shooting with somebody else and who can also do other things, that would be great. And then you could trade away his contract as part of a deal to get that great player Jeff Van Gundy was talking about. Yeah, that mysterious great player, whoever that is. But no, but back to um, so back to the like giving up wide open threes, right? Like so, yeah. it, it's hurt us against um Atlanta thus far. I I don't think that Brooklyn loss was them bombing from deep. I think that was more of a function of uh us not hitting shots and playing with low energy. But yeah. um, so. I wanted to talk about, so we give up wide open threes, right? And then it seems mm-hmm. to me like we can't make threes. So our offense is coming from like layups, like Montrez again, putbacks, like Bill working his mid-range, mid-range game, mm-hmm. uh, Kuzma all over the court, you know, mid-range one minute, running hook the next. Um, and, and it seems that way. And it was I was just wondering, like, so if I was giving up, um, like, you know, wide open threes, like what are the numbers – the other way like what are, what are we doing in terms of like making like high percentage field goal shots are we taking high high percentage shots or are we knocking them down are we only struggling from three like like how how what do the numbers say about that stuff well so that was another point of worry and that is that the wizards are i can't i'm blanking right now whether they're at the very bottom or close to the bottom in in getting open or wide open shots. Basically their offense produces lots of contested shots right now. And that's a concern because, you know, contested shots are tougher to make than, than wide open and open shots. Right. Unless you're Kobe. The bright side is that they lead the league in drives. um, And so they're attacking, but they're, they're not getting all the way to the rim, which is, which is a concern. And, so they lead the league in the three to ten foot shot. Basically, these are shots that are in the paint but outside of the restricted area, and that's a problem because that's the worst place in basketball to shoot. Um, those are all contested shots. Basically, those are all like the runners and the, the little flip shots. They're they're drives that are failed. Is yeah. kind of the way that I look at it because that means that like big man is coming coming over and contesting. And um, the Wizards are shooting poorly from that range. Everybody basically in the league shoots poorly from that range, except for a few like freak players. Like Kevin Durant probably has a nice high percentage from there um, because he's Kevin Durant, right? (laughs) But um, that's not where you want to get shots. Now, the the bright side of them driving so much, of course, is that they um, are tied for first in the league in free throw attempts per 100 possessions. So that's great. But there are some warning signs on offense too, in that they 
they do not produce a high number of um, uncontested or, you know, they open or wide open shots. And that includes threes, which is, again, something you would think that they would produce by, by driving so much is that by driving so much, you'd think that they would draw the defense and then be kicking out to open shooters who would be able to knock it down. But they're not getting those open shots yet. So that's yeah. a potential concern as well. Yeah, no, um, we need an offensive coordinator. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say anything critical. It's, uh, it's only been seven games. Um, but it, it always seems like when, when Dinwiddie has to, to get in his back for a step back three, three it's like two or three seconds on the clock. Like, the first yeah. set, the first action is failed. Or, or the team blew it up. The the teams, the opposing team's defense blew it up. Or like, when yeah. Brad has to go one-on-one. Um, he's not, you know, as some you know, may think he's not, you know, bringing the ball up, you know, pounding it for 20 seconds and then like hoisting the shot. Like, no, like they're going one-on-one and like, you know, trying to make something happen when the offensive sets break down. Like I've even had, Mm -hmm. I've seen Neto like have to get in his bag to get one of those, uh, previously mentioned, you know, worst shots in the NBA, the little runners and the flips. Like he has, he has to do that frequently because we have nothing. Like Aaron Holiday has to go to step back threes because the offensive system is broken down. Like, and yeah, if you've got Aaron Holiday taking step backs, your offense is broken. <laughs> he's a scorer, man. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, he he learned to two. He's just an undersized two guard. Remember, he played uh, shooting guard when he was with uh, Lonzo Ball. Like yeah. out in um. So I don't know. Maybe he can score. I'm maybe I'm a Holiday fan. So like, but yeah. But I'm with you. Like, that's not the shot that I want. You know the team to be taken. I, I want us to get wide open looks for Brad. I want us to get like good wide open shots for, for Dinwiddie. And I'm not saying we aren't getting that. And, and I know your worries, you know, poor 10 that this can get ugly, but um, when, when you, when it's been seven games and the offense hasn't been fluid uh, or at least shown any signs of fluidity, then that's when it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. So I hear you talking about getting an offense coordinator and, you know, upgrading the scheme. My concern is that it's, it might just be reflective of the talent that they have. And, you know, we talk about the team being deep, but it's kind of deep with a bunch of like pretty average guys. Oh, and we a bag of men. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, it's just, you know, it could just be that the players aren't that good. Like you run your actions. Those are the kinds of actions that uh, you know they ran in Denver. They've run. They've run successfully in other places. It's just that ultimately, whatever system you run, you need talent. You think about like, um, well, think about the Chicago Bulls, right? They won six championships in what eight seasons, running the triangle, right? And then Phil Jackson left, and Michael Jordan left, and what I guess Scotty left. And Tim Floyd came in and they kept running the triangle, but it's just different when you run it with like whoever it was, Ron Mercer and, and a bunch of guys, right? Yeah, like lesser and, players. Um, you know, teams have tried a bunch of times to run the triangle, you know, the and and didn't it didn't work. And then Steve Kerr comes back to or comes to the Golden State Warriors, and his offense is not a, the triangle offense, but there are lots of principles in there that are from the triangle. And they, they work great because you've got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and, you know, Andre Vidal, all these great players to, to run it. And it's kind of like if they ran a motion offense, if they ran Princeton, if they ran 
Horns, if they ran the two three flex, Steph Curry's still gonna score thirty five, you know. Yeah, okay, I got you. So basically the culprit is we have lesser players and we need better players. Yeah. The offense will that could be. Okay, dang, that's harsh, but it may be fair. I mean like I I I love Trez. I, I again I don't say anything bad about these players. They're doing stuff that I only wish I could do or at the highest level. Like we all wanted sure. to get to the NBA, but it's like you know, I I don't want to lock up our cap space on him. Right. You know, yeah. like no no knock no knock to him. Like no knock to him. He's a great player. Like just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with. Harold and the thing with Gafford as well is that neither one of those guys are like um, the kind of guys that you throw the ball to on the block and let them, you know, deal one on one with their man and or to, you know, draw the double team so they can kick out and swing it around. They're, they're not that kind of player. They're much more of the rim runner, the um, putbacks and, you know, catching lobs when somebody else has done it. And those players are really valuable. Both of those guys have yeah. been very valuable this season. But yeah, absolutely. I, I hear what you're saying in terms of their, but they're dependent players, right? And that's, yeah, again, that's yeah. okay. They're great at doing that. We want a superstar. Um, like, just give him the ball and watch what he does, you know? Like, those yeah. type of players. I and the Wizards really don't have one of those. Um, you know, Beal can do that uh, when he's got his game going. There are other issues with his game that keep him out of that, at least to me, like that pinnacle level, the pantheon level of players that when you have them on your team, you're a title contender, like, you know, Giannis or LeBron, right? Um, Steph Curry. Um, so Beal's not obviously at that level. But, you know, to your point about getting an offensive coordinator or, you know, getting more from whoever it is that's coordinating the offense, th- there could be some things that they can do that can leverage the talent they have a little bit better. But... Okay. Um, so far, the, the system part of it doesn't seem to be that strong, and it seems like they're doing a lot more of the, you know, relying on the individual talents because their their patterns are breaking down. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, even with, with the breaking down, like needing better players, it's just like, um, I forget, was it... Um, was it Rick Carlisle? Like when the Mavericks were tanking, and I think he mm-hmm. he received like overwhelming support from his peers, like other players, about the the actions, the type of plays he draws up when you mm-hmm. need a basket, and like he's using OJ Mayo uh, in yeah. a prime, like like drawing plays to get him wide open for game time threes when a D, you know, like so basically the point the point I'm trying to make, like even if you have um, quote unquote. Uh, you know, lesser talent than uh, the greatest players in the world. You know, if if they're if they are less than or just a little bit less than the best of the best, um, you still should be able to draw up actions where you know mm-hmm. we're getting a basket when we need it. Like because Fon, and then I, I want to get back to Trez, like and link him in this because you know we don't win a couple of these games without Trez just fighting for a rebound, outworking someone, you know, putting the team on his back for a good spell. Like, you know, tying up the game, dunking on a folk, getting the crowd into it. We don't win without that. And you always can't get that from, from someone because as the season, you know, tightens up and you know, teams start to maneuver, gel, figure out who they are, aspirations grow. 
Um, we, we need to find players who, when you know it gets muddied up, we can draw, we can create an action where we can get them a decent shot, like an NBA decent shot, if not yeah. wide open, but um, that type of shot. We can do it with Bill. My my thing with Bill and like you know you you mentioned earlier like you or well, at least you you hinted at you don't think he's you know one of those players like a superstar player. Um, mm-hmm. My thing is like people forget like he's an undersized guard, a two guard. Yeah. You know, like, and we and we use him, we use him like a prototypical two guard, whereas like other players use their undersized two guards in a different way. Um, the Blazers, for example, they do some creative stuff with both CJ and Dame that allows them to succeed. Um, so where their height isn't their height, their lack of height isn't you know that that much of a a, a detriment to what they're trying to do. Steph Curry, for example, um, as another one. And like I don't see us doing that with Bill. We're like, yo, take your six three self and go get us a bucket against the the trap that's coming. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, that's fair. And I I don't disagree with you on that. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, there's a few things he, I think he could do better, but like passing out of doubles and stuff. Although I will say this season, um, he's I I feel like he's done a better job of recognizing when a trap is coming and just getting rid of the ball before he even gets there which is great. Um, but I, I hear you. I mean, he's six, he is a 6'3 shooting guard. Yeah. And that's a, that's a challenge. He's not, challenge. you know, he's, he's got good size, but it's not, um, he's not overwhelming. He's not like Giannis, who's like, you know, 6'11 yeah. and, the, and the complete freak. Oh, even like, like a Jalen Brown, like a 6'6. Six, six. Like Bill 6'6, six, yeah. six, we're not having this conversation. You know, yeah. like he, he's... Players are coming here. We're a championship caliber team, and it sucks, but it, it makes that big of a difference. Cause just like when you can position him, like you can get him in a post a little bit, you know, mid range. Cause he's extraordinary from there. Well, maybe your yeah. numbers will disagree, but at least for my my, I think his mid range game is amazing. Um, yeah, no, he's his mid range game historically, at least over the last several seasons, has been pretty good. Okay, so I, I don't have any any disagreement with that. He also has just an amazing ability to slither all the way to the basket to get yeah. to the rim. He's um, crafty, man. Possible things. The thing I loved about what he did two seasons ago before Russell Westbrook got there was that he was um, he he was becoming a the, terrific passer. Yeah, the point guard. Playmaker for his teammates, and that's something that disappeared a bit last season and, and still hasn't really come back very yeah. strongly this season. I'd like to see him doing more of that. I'd love to see him get up around like, you know, eight, nine assists per hundred possessions and instead of like the around five and a half where he is now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, like like I, I 100%, I think I wrote something like if we let him like ball handle, like we let him bring it up and we turn him to a point guard or a combo guard who's ha- handled the ball a la James Harden, what mm-hmm. can we do, you know? Because he's, he's yeah. showing awareness, like he can create. He can create, so... I don't know, but now we have Dimwitty, so we'll never see it again, probably. Yeah, well, I mean, both of them can basically, I think, be almost interchangeable combo guard kind of kind of players, where they can nah. share ball handling, they can share playmaking, they can share opportunities to score and shoot. Um, yeah, this is one of the things that I would say has been a curious point in the numbers, and that is that you know we talk about how deep this team is this season. And yet Beal is at a career high in his usage rate, which is one of those things that's like, 
he this is an opportunity for him to dial it back a little on offense. You know, be more of a playmaker, facilitator. You don't have to take every shot and let let some of this depth do its work. And he's like I said, he's at an all time high in yeah. in usage. So you know, we'll see. it's a it's a curious thing. It'll be interesting to see how that holds up. No, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So um, you talked a little bit about how you've been to a couple of the games, and um, I know you had some thoughts about the fan experience, and uh, so. Yeah. Okay. Let's All right. Hear it. So, okay. So two before I start, this is disclaimer. Like maybe the pandemic and COVID has you know chilled some folks from wanting to to come out to arenas where you know folks are packed in. There's technically no COVID, like vaccine requirement. You're not at least you're not um, forced to prove you've been vaccinated at at the arena. Um. And yeah, like the team is good. The team is exciting, you know, and we're getting outnumbered, or at least it feels that way, by opposing team, like the fans of opposing teams. For example, at the Atlanta game, uh, the section I was in, the Atlanta fans were talking trash their entire time. Rightfully so in the first quarter, Trey Young was going off. I, I thought he'd have a double-double by the end of the quarter. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had like eight or nine assists in the first quarter. Um, so they, like, they were going off, but, you know, when it's time, when it, we're up, and you hear the chance of defense vibrating around around the arena. And it's always been that way. Typically, when like the Lakers come, when LeBron used to come, like you get that, right? Like I understand. But Atlanta, At- Atlanta, Atlanta, right. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's what I'm Atlanta, saying. Like no one goes to Hawks game. Like they're the biggest. Like uh, like in the beginning, when when the group of um, Atlanteans, I guess, or ATL, and I don't know what they call themselves, um, when when they start talking trash, I was like, uh oh, because you know, like DC, what they call they call it Jonah in here, like that's a staple of the city. It's like, okay, we're gonna have some fun with this, and I was like, had to remind them of what happened, you know, in the Super Bowl. Like they they should never show their face. Yeah, they were here in the nation's capital, cheering loud. For a team no one cares about, and so I was like, it was it was a yeah. big disappointment. Um, and I understand, like again, disclaimer, I get it, it's COVID. I understand all that. So, but then fast forward to Saturday, uh, October thirtieth. So I know everyone has like Halloween plans, partying, and we're getting outnumbered by people from Boston, Bostonians. No, well, yeah, I they travel well. Fans, yeah, but a Saturday, up, like uh, every, like a, a Saturday before Halloween, and we get outnumbered like yeah. that, like yeah. loud chance of let's go Celtics. And to be fair, um, a few of the faithful they they counter, like they started a let's go Wizards, but you know that that chant doesn't even slap. Like we should have stayed the Bullets. Like I one hundred percent believe Bullets slaps better than Wizards, but. <laughs> I get it, you know, DC crime, Ray for Edmund and all those guys. I get it. You had to do it for the politics. I get it. But when you let the Bostonians come down here and out cheer us and celebrate, like that should be a shame. And, and I'm not, you know, um, again, like knocking on anyone for not coming out to the game or supporting it. But I just hope that the fans come around to see this team and start packing out uh, Capital One Arena because 
it, it makes it a much better experience. Even if we have, you know, even if we're outnumbered by the opposing team's fans, we get to talk trash. Like, yo, y'all thought you were going to come here and beat us. And even though, you know, the wins against Boston no longer look as impressive as the, what they, you know, what we first believed them to be. Like, Boston sucks. You yeah. know? Like, Boston. To stick with chance, Boston sucks, you know. Like, Boston sucks. And uh, Atlanta may be good, you know, but they're they're the Eastern Conference. They were just in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, three months ago, four months ago. And we we got a win against them, and we're, we're out cheering. And then we beat Boston. Um, it, it's just a little bit uh, disappointing. And I hope, like, teams, like the fans, start coming out. And I don't know whether Monumental has to do some, I don't know, perks or whatever you call it like some marketing gene like marketing stuff to to get more fans out but it, it this team deserves to be played like to be mm-hmm. playing in front of a packed house that's all i'm saying that's a long-winded way to say like fans come on mm-hmm. out um the team is good uh we're, we're better than we were last year and that's not a knock on like the brody like the brody was special he he took these bums to the playoffs won a game in the playoffs you know like the Brody did all that, and we thank him for that, and he made us better. That's that's what you want when when someone moves on. Okay, I did all I can. Now you're better off without me. So go ahead, go go be your best. And yeah, we're not coming out, we're not supporting, and it'd just be great to to have that that you know that atmosphere back. And I don't know what we have to do to do that. Like it, whether it's getting an offensive coordinator, whether it's uh. You know, making more threes or putting our hands up in front of the people, contesting threes to get the fans out. But whatever needs to be done should be done. I hear you. So um, we'll, we'll, I think we'll wrap on that. And unless you have any other parting shots. Yeah, I'm good. uh, I think we'll wrap up there. And um, we'll be back uh, next week to talk about about the Wizards. We got out here by Atlanta fans. That's crazy.